This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh, the best movie of the year and the worst movie of the year have finally right corrected themselves. And Willis. I feel like 150 mil is the new like 100 mil. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. We are officially post Oscars completely. We don't have to talk about it anymore. This will be the only time I talk about the Oscars in this episode, but we're back, everyone, to our normal shenanigans. Um, and this week, we have a ton of stuff to go over. Starting out, we're going to talk about Nancy Myers, the legend, and her reportedly $150 million movie, Paris Paramount, that is now being shopped around after being shot down by Netflix. There's some, we got to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, we then have to talk about everything everywhere all at once because it passed Morbius <laughs> in domestic box So office. maybe a little bit of Oscar talk. A little bit, but it's, you know. Might not be the last time we reference it. Yeah, exactly. But we'll be referencing <laughs> it in relation to Morbius. To Morbius, so. so um, balances out. Exactly. Then we're going to talk about Shazam! Fury of the Gods because it released last weekend and we'll talk about the box office numbers. Um, they're interesting. And then we're going to end it off on some news that broke today. Today being Monday, Victoria Alonso has exited Marvel Studios. And we will explain her role, who she is, and all of that good stuff in a minute. And speculate wildly. We will definitely be speculating wildly. Um, <laughs> but first, let me go over the weekly releases because, ladies and gentlemen, John Wick Chapter 4 is releasing this Friday, March 24th. And I'm just like, I can't, I'm, I'm so excited. I have IMAX tickets for Saturday. I'm so excited. I can't like. Nice. <laughs> three hours. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, and people are saying, and more Oscars talk, but people are saying that the next year, will they include a stunt category in the Oscars because mm. of this movie? Because it's so impressive. I was like, mm, okay, I'm here. Let's do it. Um, we've also got Zach Braff's new movie, A Good Person, hitting theaters as well. On the 21st. On the 24th. That's uh, Florence, Yeah, right? Flo. Florence Pugh. So I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. I liked Garden State. Did you? Yeah. 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 Nice little Garden indie. State came out right when I... Here we go. <laughs> aging myself again. But Garden State came out right when I was starting film school. Ooh. So like everyone was a buzz about it. And like, ooh, it's so like... This is how films are made in the indie world, kind of. Yeah, I got you. I but got I, re- you. I do love that movie. Yeah, perfect. Um, so that's what's coming for theaters for streaming. We got a bunch of shows. We got Waco, American Apocalypse, hitting Netflix on the twenty second. We have The Night Agent, also hitting Netflix on the twenty third. We got Love Is Blind coming back for a new season, hitting Netflix on the twenty fourth. We have My Kind of Country hitting Apple TV Plus on the twenty fourth. We have Great Expectations hitting Hulu on the twenty sixth. I don't know what I think about that. That's going to be such a weird i we're gonna have we'll both we'll check it out and we're gonna have to it's been a little while since we've had a decent dickens adaptation i know i know we'll have I to guess see. i don't know like i'm like keep up with that i said <laughs> i think we would know if we had a banger um <laughs> i suppose um we've got rabbit hole hitting paramount plus on the 26th and then we got yellow jackets coming back for a new oh, season yeah. showtime the are 26th. you watching yellow jackets i have not um okay God, I hear it's so good. good, though. Yeah. I, you were the one who was like, ah, Jess wants me to watch Yellow Jackets. Well, I don't so really want Jess it. Jess got me to watch it, um, and I did watch it, and it is it is really good. Yeah. Um, she's way more into it than I am, mm-hmm. but it is it is pretty pretty good. Okay. Um, she's, gonna, she's, like, got the IMAX tickets level of hyped for it. Oh. Kind of thing. Well, not that it's releasing, like, for your John Wick. Sure, parallel, but that right? level of hype. She's like you. hype. She's she'll be watching it, and I guess I will be too. But as soon as it hits on the twenty sixth, damn. Okay, and that's Melanie Linsky, right? Yes, love her. Fantastic. Yes. Um, and then for movies, Knock at the Cabin is hitting Peacock on March twenty fourth, and then we have Reggie hitting Prime on the twenty fourth as well. I'm curious to see what you say about Knock at the Cabin. It's yeah. a it's in, it's a Shyamalan movie for sure. <laughs> so I might I might double feature uh, Knock at the Cabin and Old and just not lump all my sham hammer into the same day. Not bad. That's not a bad double feature. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming this week, folks. And uh, without further ado, let's talk about some stuff. Yeah. 
So Nancy Myers, uh, I am a fan, although when we talk Nancy Myers and then rom-coms, I'm more of a Nora Ephron person. I like more of her movies, but Nancy Myers sure. is a force to be reckoned with, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, it's been reported recently, the figure that has been on the internet is that she was seeking $130 million uh, to make a movie for Netflix. And then she tacked on another $20 million, which is why Netflix was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Which is a big, $150 million is a lot of money for any movie. And Nancy Myers makes pretty, like, where's the 150 going? I'm kind of wondering. Um Sure. Yeah. There, there are not huge production uh, costs usually associated with her type of movie. Right. So that, I mean, that's intrigued me a hundred percent. Cause I'm like, what, what is this supposed to be? And it was interesting because yeah. I'm like Netflix was, and this might be a changing of the times right now, the place where directors really famous filmmakers could go and get their, and I hate this term, but their vanity product projects made the movies that no one would yeah. fund. Cause they cost $300 mm -hmm. million like the Irishman did. Um, yeah. and so that was the natural place for her to seek out that funding. So now I'm like, what do you, who, what other studio is going to say? Yeah, here's almost $200 million for a rom-com. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough question. Um, especially cause I think, the rom-com doesn't draw like it used to. And honestly, this feels mean, but I don't know that Nancy Myers draws like she used to. I think you're, yeah. I know the intern was very kind of lackluster. Yep. That was with uh, Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro, mm -hmm. as I recall. Um, and also like was in 2015. Right. So, you know, it's been a long time since she's done a, a full feature. Um, it has been. Which, you know, is not to say that she didn't do Father of the Bride, The Parent Trap, Something's Gotta Give, yeah. Holiday, like these classic, yeah. classic movies. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think like this particular moment for Netflix, I'm like, I could see them saying yes to the 130, but coming back and asking for another 20 is like not gonna work these days that's testing it's not saying like can you maybe throw yeah. me a hundred grand it's like tack on another 20 million yeah and it gets me gives me the sense that they were kind of like okay like well let's i guess we can keep going forward with right um i just keep wanting to call it paramount plus what's it called paris paramount paris paramount yeah like i could see them being like all right i guess that probably works yeah there's probably enough people that'll watch it like right We'll stick with this for now. Yeah. But then, yeah, you try and ask for more and it's like. Well, and reportedly it was set to star Scarlett Johansson, Penelope Cruz, uh, Owen Wilson and Michael Fassbender. Not insignificant names. Well, that was my thought when I was like, what, where's the money going? Is she does do movies with really top tier talent. Every time. <laughs> you know, I mean, like 20, the our intern is. You know, like I said, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Yeah. But also like Rene Russo. Well, I guess Rene Russo probably doesn't pull a, a these big, days, uh, but like <laughs> a big paycheck these days. But or something's gotta give, you know, is Jack Nicholson and uh Diane Keaton. I yeah, think. Diane or, Keaton. It's complicated with Meryl Streep and uh Alex yeah, Baldwin. The holiday like, with with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz and Yeah. Uh, who's the third one? Jack uh, Black and uh, I don't remember and Kate Winslet. That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the, like these are not <laughs> insubstantial names. names and that's like, you know, I, yeah. I mean, like Scarlett Johansson in her herself is probably a huge cost, you know, a hundred percent, especially now. So, um, yeah. I wonder, I'm going to look right now. Um, I wonder what Greta's movie is going to cost because she's another filmmaker that while her movies tend to cost a little bit more, mm -hmm. she can do them for less. Like she, she sure. like cut her teeth on like the, like the mumble core, like just really chattery yeah. dialogues, one space type films. I mean, she has Barbie coming. Is there something else you're thinking? Well, she was in talks to be doing a massive film for Netflix. Oh, 
I don't know. I, don't I can't find it right now, but that was in the in the waters because obviously her and sure. Noah like are together, and Noah being a yeah. like, Netflix is does thing. a lot of non Netflix stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I would be curious to see what happens with that. I don't really know what's going to happen to this, and if this like completely lands with a thud and is done, like dead on arrival. What does that really mean for these types of movies? Like, not that every rom com is going to cost a hundred mil, but sure, that means no faith. You don't have faith that it's going to necessarily do much for you as a as a studio. Well, yeah, like, and you know, if you're, it, it speaks even higher to no faith in rom coms in that, like, yeah, you say rom com, and there's like really three names that come at the top of the list. Yeah. And Nancy Myers is one of them. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like he, Nan, if you're going to make a rom-com, the top tier talent to get is Nancy, Nancy Myers. Yeah. And just like, if you're not betting on that, I'm like, you're not betting on top tier rom-coms. You're not betting on days. anyone. Yeah. Like you just saw Shotgun Wedding. Like you, you've seen a couple pretty awful rom-coms in the last yeah. like year that were released last They're year just, that were just bad. Yeah. No depth, no actual like right. anything really to to do it with it. And it's like, that's not what Nancy Myers does. Right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is. I think this will land somewhere. Well, I was going to say it is possible that Warner brothers will make an offer. That's what I've been reading is that they are the yeah. only other studio that might be like here, but 150, it, like that's like Christopher Nolan level. Give me that money for this. Like, so is it these days though? Well, like, he had the I, in my head, the top tier stuff, I'm like anything like the top tier stuff's got to be above 200 mil. That's true. That's true. Like, I feel like 150 mil is the new like 100 mil. You're probably right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I, it, like, I don't know. It's insane to me that I'm saying 150 million dollars doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I'm very eager to find out what happens with this because I hadn't heard Nancy Myers' name in a while. Yeah. <laughs> and to be like, yeah. oh, Nancy Myers, $150 million. I'm like, where does that add up? But um, if she can get the funding, I mean, it's going to be a great movie. <laughs> also, I'm like reading like the, the log line for it here. If like Paramount doesn't jump on this, like. Yeah, come on. You know, a filmmaking duo who, after falling in and out of love, reunite on set to work together again. Yeah. You fold the magic of, like, the Paramount lot onto that. Dude. Slam dunk. Might be one last. Yeah. Uh, if Warner Brothers is looking at it, that is Warner Brothers Discovery looking at it. Mm. And that's a different vibe. It is, but they're cutting costs. So I'm like, how would they then yeah. turn around and be yeah. like, here's $150 million. We just we just found this in the in their back pocket somewhere. <laughs> well, but like I guess what I'm getting at is just the discovery side of that might have a market that's more closely aligned to the oh. rom com genre than like, you know, the Netflix DC Warner Brothers. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So that, this could literally be the first thing that you're like, oh, here comes Discovery making decisions for WP. Right. Ooh. Okay. Okay. We're going to have to keep tabs on this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because I want to see it too. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something I don't want to see is Morbius and I will never watch it okay. to be quite <laughs> I was honest. Like, Whoa. No, I've seen everything everywhere twice. We're, we're good on that. Yeah. Um, Morbius was probably the least successful uh, superhero movie of last year. I think that's safe yeah. to say. Uh, and it was part of quote unquote, the MCU in a weird way, neither here nor there at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but a little movie called everything everywhere all at once, which is now a 24's highest grossing film to date, which is just incredible has passed Morbius in the uh, domestic box office which is just, are you kidding me? That is Excellent. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Like a massive studio product made by Sony starring Jared Leto mm -hmm. just got passed by some weird indie, I mean, A24, like, A24 multiversal yeah. film. Won every Oscar kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I think that just happened because they re-released it into a bunch of theaters last weekend, which was fantastic. I wish I had gone to see it. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a level to which it won the Oscar and everyone went, oh, I want to see this. Exactly. And because it's a fantastic movie, does this mean anything? 
is this anything more than just, okay, this is a good movie that people love? Like, does this mean anything for A24? Does this mean anything for superhero movies? I mean, I think it means that Morbius is a really bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But, well, so this is interesting because we talk a lot on this pod about, I guess we need to come up with like an actual nomenclature for it, but like the multiple tiers of box office yes. performance that we have where it's like, there's the big studio thing like Avengers, right. like justice league, like black Panther, whatever that are gonna be above $500 million, like baseline, no matter what, yep. you know, um, there are, and like, then once you get past that lot, there's like the second tier. That's like also a lot of really good movies that just don't have the like global appeal. Right. And it's interesting because this, I think, is just like those two tiers, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like getting close, like almost Venn diagramming. Yes. If I can use Venn diagram as a vowel. You can. A vowel, a verb. A verb. Uh, <laughs> you know, them kind of overpassing each other is like these things are closer than they feel. Yes. Yes. You know, because everything everywhere is never going to do a billion dollars. No, it's not. No. (laughs) And like, neither was Morbius, but like. Sure. But there was a better chance that Morbius could than everything everywhere could. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because it's like, it's like the very, very best and the very, very worst kind of (laughs) overlap in these tiers. Um, Yes. Which is like, it's so they're like really good movies and studio movies, studio Tentpole is the word I'm looking for. Movies right. are like not so far apart in terms of popularity. It's so true. It's so true. And like, I feel like are going towards each other. Definitely. You know, and then that the tentpole tier is definitely descending and the B tier, I guess. Yeah. Lower budget is, tier. Is, yeah. Lower budget tier is increasing. So it's like, it's right. something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And just for the numbers, um, so at this point, domestic Morbius, 73, almost $74 million. Uh, and everything everywhere is $75.5 million domestic. And for even f- something even funnier, <laughs> opening, everything everywhere had five hundred grand, And Morbius had $39 million <laughs> for their opening performance. Like, it's just beautiful. It's so, like, Morbius just hasn't... <laughs> like made anything it's yes. just been like you know yes they re-released morbius and it made like 80 grand in like five thousand theaters <laughs> oh man like it's just unbelievable and also i've been thinking about this i mean everything everywhere has such been such this boom for a24 I wonder sure. if this is, I mean, we as film people know that A24, they have good quality control usually. Their movies sure. tend to be on of a higher quality. Is this going to really push them into a level where it might not be good for them? Because I think it was better for them to be smaller, to get these smaller movies made. Yeah. And as a distributor even, I'm getting worried that it's like, I don't know who runs A24, but power can go to your head. And that makes me nervous yeah. with with everything everywhere. <laughs> well, it is one of those things that I'm like, is A24, and I know there's like big conversations with A24 about whether they're like an actual production house or a distributor and sure. like where that lines, you know. Right. But like, is A24 going to do like a $200 million movie all of a sudden? Right. You know, and like, just like try and get into that thing. I don't think so. Yeah. I think A24 is like, oh, hey, like what we're doing is working really good. Like, let's not yes. <laughs> change course here. Um, yeah. But like, you're right. You're you're not wrong. Like the draw of like, well, what if we did a quote unquote A24 movie that just had like a really big budget? And it's like, I don't know. I guess like is the question like, does the lower budget define what an A24 movie is? Could an A24 movie have a budget of $200 million? Or is that a conundrum? I don't know. That's that's kind of the question is like, can they exist in that realm? 
because um, yeah. I also think of Plan B as a production company that has really good taste, sure. but there obviously they have b- bigger backing. Um, so they'll make movies that are a little bit more expensive, like twenty, thirty million dollar, forty million dollar movies, um, and even Neon will will do that a little bit. And A twenty four, they're different. There, there's something when that A twenty four logo shows up, and I feel it in the theater too when I'm sitting in a yeah. movie theater where people are like, "Oh, let me pay attention here. Like, let me see what this is," because you don't know if it's going to be, you know, Red Rocket or Men or Everything Everywhere or Bodies, Bodies. But like, you don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to be if it's. And so I think that's part of the intrigue too. And if they start doing like, what would a hundred million dollar A twenty four movie even be? Like, I can't even yeah. think because part of the charm is the fact that the Daniels did everything everywhere all at once for like $15 million. Yeah. And it looks better than Morbius, which costed between 150 and $250 million. Well, yeah. Yeah. It like it's Morbius is almost like a masterclass in like, yeah. <laughs> like studio wasteful spending. Literally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. That's tough. I'm like, part of me is almost like I could see, their budget's starting to inflate and like them being kind of okay with it. Right. But like, I don't think they're ever going to leave. Cause I mean, like Bo is afraid is coming. Yeah. From Ari Aster. And I'm like more expensive for sure. That's more expensive. Like they're trending upwards. Right. But also I don't think they're like, they're not forgetting their base, I guess is the term. Yes. And I think with them, it's not about the money. If you have a really good yeah. idea and you're a good filmmaker and you're coming to them with a movie that's going to cost $80 million, they'll probably do it, you know, depending on how their structure works. Well, especially if you're Ari Aster. Yeah. Especially if you're Ari Aster. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm like, dude, Robert Eggers, get back over there, man. Like, why are yeah. you messing with Universal if you can just like do the Northman your way, you know? <laughs> um, but neither here nor there. But yeah pretty fucking hilarious i I'm, I'm just like over the moon that the best movie of the year and the worst movie of the year have finally right corrected themselves it's amazing <laughs> it's so good all is right with the world all is right with the world um all is wrong with shazam fury <laughs> of the gods uh yes it is good oh my god god now so i liked shazam one what what are your yeah. thoughts on shazam one i liked shazam one okay it, like it was it was a, a lighter movie in the prime depths of like the dark DC, the Snyder verse. You, yeah, DCU, yeah. yeah, of like where it was like. I mean, I don't know what the timing exactly comes out, but like, you know, we just coming off of like Batman versus Superman, yeah, or Justice League, or like Justice League, all of them. <laughs> yeah, there was another one that I was Suicide like, Squad. So dark. Yeah, Suicide Squad. That's what I'm thinking of. Where it's yeah. just like the dark kind of, and it was like, oh, here's like a kind of bright, colorful, lighthearted Shazam. Right. Closer to yeah. what Marvel was doing at that point, which was yeah. not tired Honestly. yet. Also hilarious when you consider that Shazam was originally Captain Marvel. I know. <laughs> but lost the naming rights to that because I of know. Marvel. Anyway. Because of Marvel. So Shazam opened last weekend, Shazam Fury of the Gods, which is the sequel. It's been long yes. awaited. And realistically, this is only one of three remaining movies that are going to wrap up this DC universe. Yeah. Um, so really, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of anything. Um, yeah. It opened to the tune of $30 million domestically yeah. over the entire weekend which as yeah. we know even ant-man opened to over 100 million dollars domestically yeah. um that's really bad for a movie that definitely costs almost 300 million dollars and likely yeah. is not going to gain in popularity as the weeks go on because the reviews yeah. are also really bad what does this me scream made more than this movie did on opening <laughs> weekend Creed made like double this amount of money opening weekend. Is this it? Like if the flash bombs, are we like done? I mean, I think <laughs> like the not flash done. is going to bomb. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like, I feel like as soon as James Gunn took over the DCU mm-hmm. and was like, we're changing everything. This movie was toast. Yeah. People stopped caring. Yeah, because there's no stakes to this anymore. I'm like, it's not going to go anywhere. So it's not like part of the homework anymore. Facts, yeah. And this, I think, is very much 
a counterpoint in the MCU to like, or in the DCU to Ant-Man where it's like, mm-hmm. this is like a character that's fun. It's more lighthearted. It's not like a central pillar of our, it's not Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. Right. You know, but it's like fun. It's whatever, you know, cool. And like, but there's nothing crazy that's going to go. Although apparently, and I guess spoiler, but apparently Wonder Woman is in this. But not Gal. Like her, she's like deep faked in there somehow. I think. Oh, is that true? I haven't read that. That's what I like was hearing, but I'm like, uh, I don't. I I'm not gonna see Shazam two until it hits. Interesting. Uh, yeah. HBO. No. This is not until it's coming to HBO, and I'm like, <laughs> and I don't care at yeah, that point. A little. I had a couple too many one night. I'm like, I'm gonna watch Shazam two. <laughs> yeah. Watch Shazam two. Um, yeah. Exactly. I think this is just gonna fall away and not really make any huge impact. Absolutely. Like, cause all of the DCU Snyder diehards are not going to care about this movie. Sure. You know, I'm like, cause it's like kind of, like I was saying, like peripheral, right? The trailers are really bad. Like the trailers are really, really bad. bad. It makes me really sad. Cause it's like really exciting to see Helen Mirren and Lucy <sighs> Liu like in here. And it's like, I hope you got paid a lot of money, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like from the trailers I can beat by beat feel what it's going to be. Yes. Yes. And I think it's going to come and it's going to go. And like, I feel like uh, Warner Brothers has probably already written it down. It was like, we're too far along to not release it now. So, right. And it's not as bad as Batgirl. So we're going to put it yeah. out. Um, yeah. I like, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think in for this period of time specifically, the fact that this has such bad optics and it's not just because it didn't make a lot of money it's not because the vfx looked unfinished it's not even because zachary levi opened his mouth and said some dumb shit it's just all of it together like people are and i granted i've seen just what i see on twitter and now that elon has taken over i see everything but it's like people are slam dunking on this movie like nobody's business like more than i think even happened to morbius which yeah. leads me to believe that the general public is super done with superhero movies to the to the likes of which we haven't seen yet. And I think this movie, back-to-back with Ant-Man, Quantumania, back-to-back yeah. with just everything, even Eternals, like we've hit a point where they don't think that good superhero movies really exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been fed really bad... I mean, really asterisks but like yeah really bad um superhero movies for a couple years now yeah i mean i would say and not to be fanboy but like post endgame i don't know that there's really been a really good one that's come out no you know i mean say what you will about like dr strange or no way home like sure crowd pleasers too sure but like uh, you know good yeah yeah like no way home was engineered to be like that yeah like it was a it was 12 people in a room going like how do we make this thing insane how do we get this moment to happen yeah and they made it um, happen whereas whereas you get things like you know back in the day like um i mean any of the avengers really or um yeah and i'll, I'll keep ultron in there yeah uh but or you know like captain america civil war or you know I Winter mean, Soldier, Ragnarok, even Iron like Man Winter Soldier. 3. Yeah. Like, there's some good ones in there. Yeah. We're just not getting anything on that level anymore. No. You know, I mean, Black Panther versus Black Panther 2 is, like, I think a a good association of, like, awesome, solid movie to, like, okay. Like, fine. But I'm not, I'm not like, counting the days to anything anymore. Right. And I, and um, is it because they have to do too much? Like, I think that really is the issue is like these movies are required to do like Multiverse of Madness, Wakanda Forever, and Ant-Man were all sure. movies that and had Doctor to, Strange. And Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. Even Thor Love and Thunder. I'm like, they're all movies that were supposedly going to bridge gaps between something and yeah. something else. And a lot of them didn't because we're like, what does that mean? But... Like, I just want to get back to Iron Man 2, where, like, we don't care what happens to Mickey Rourke after this, and it doesn't matter. We never see him again, and who cares? Like, there's too much in Wakanda Forever. Like, we talked about this. That movie was had way too much going on for it to be successful. And 
I don't think people want to go into these movies. Like, <laughs> here, so here's like the interesting thing. Like the way I frame it is like we talk all the time about like homework in this. Yeah. In, in the you know uh, superhero in the MCU or the DCU, like it's gotten to the point where it's not even just like you have to do the homework of watching it. You have to take notes while you're doing the homework. Yeah. So that you can keep up, which is like that nobody's gonna do. You know what I mean? When I'm like, okay, so like Namor is here right and he and that's what that's where he's going here and then this is what shuri's doing and then this is what riri williams is doing this is what riri's doing and this is what um yeah like it's it's all over the map and i'm just like i that's too much um yeah basically we're like getting to like yeah there's like a real fatigue with this um and in that there's the fatigue the lesser things are falling yeah, by the wayside and falling yeah. hard. You know what I mean? Like, cause when you have kind of a little bit of interest in Shazam, but you're like, I don't know. Shazam's kind of like a perfect storm kind of thing in that. Like, yeah, there's, it's like a peripheral. There's a lot of homework to it. And then it's not that homework doesn't go anywhere. It's like, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, the flash will be a better kind of gauge kind yeah. of what's going on here. But also the Flash doesn't tie in anymore, so it's like a weird... It's true. That's true. And we're not going to see any of James Gunn's stuff for at least two more years. So it's like, what do we... You know, how do we even do that? Yeah. Yeah. I... uh, And with Marvel and the MCU kind of pushing things, like they've been Mm -hmm. been like, whoa, no shows this year or one show this year. We're going to push a lot of the movies back to, to make room for everything. They're nervous. Everybody's a little bit nervous here. And um, I mean, I think the superhero genre in of itself is kind of course correcting right now. Definitely. Because I think the shared universe stopped working. I know. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, all right, uh, let's do something else. Yeah. You know, and then we're getting like, we're getting the tail end of all the ones that are like, whoa, super interconnected. (laughs) And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the MCU kind of. Yeah does because yeah big bob's back in town and he's uh not messing around yeah trying to make some money guardians of the galaxy 3 will be a good what does this movie do because i know it's going to be at least quality because yeah. it's james gunn but are people going to be here for it i don't but know it's also like a period on like the guardians you know yeah. um yeah like we're not going to get another guardians movie i don't think no not from him at least not with these uh, guardians not from him definitely not from him yeah but, uh, yeah I'm I'm not surprised that uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods tanked. Yeah, I thought maybe a little better showing than this, but that's yeah, tanked. Yeah, like actually tanked. Like that's crazy town. Um, God. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Uh, keeping in theme, more superheroes. Yeah. This time, Marvel, MCU. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Victoria Alonso who I honestly didn't really know that name prior to yeah. us reading about her today. Several hours ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she is exiting Marvel Studios, and she, as of 2021, I believe you said, was acting as their chief of visual effects. Yes. Or super super effect, or visual effects supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like top two. Like, there is no, you know, she reported to Kevin Feige. Yeah. Like, there is, you know, she was the end all be all in terms of the visual effects in the MCU. Yes. And let's just say this. She joined Marvel studios in 2006 and has been chief of visual effects basically since then up until she became supervisor uh, in 2021. So it's like, she has been instrumental (laughs) in getting the MCU off the ground since Iron Man one, like we're talking ground floor. So, substantial person that they are, are lo- yeah. losing at this point in time. And I will say like, we, we are, you know, talking about this the day it came out. So a, a lot of what's actually going on, we don't really know, but yeah, like there are scenarios that could be playing out right now that would make a lot of sense. Yes. And there's kind of two schools of thought on that because, yeah. um, we just talked about how bad uh, Shazam looks and we were talking about how bad Quantumania looks and we we're talking about mm-hmm. like it Marvel VFX and Shazam's not Marvel, but 
Marvel VFX specifically, especially with the shows, which is playing a huge role in this, have yeah. been under fire because, well, guess what? The VFX people are not given enough time to do any of these things. Yeah. When you've got five Marvel shows premiering, boom, 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 and yeah. you've got to do 14,000 VFX shots before next month, yeah, things yeah. are going to not look so great. And they're super nitty gritty about it and like, you know, round after round after round after round of changes and like yep. all this kind of the, the VFX with Marvel have been problematic for a little bit, both yes. what's being delivered and the story behind why they're like that. Yes. Where do we go with this one? So you were saying there's there's two schools of thought. Yeah. And I guess the second school of thought, it, well, that is part of the second school of thought is they're getting pushed to just get these things over the finish line. By any yeah. means necessary, regardless of if we think this looks good or not, which is not good practice. Which is yeah, <laughs> what I think is is happening is like you know here's your date, Make you it. have to deliver this by then. And if you don't, you're fired, and we'll get somebody else in here who will work. Exactly. Um, and so this is the thing where I'm like I, I'm like hesitant because I don't want to speculate too wildly, but like sure. that reputation would seem to fall to her. Yes. Supervisor. In that, like, yeah, she's like the VFX lead. Yeah. At Marvel. And, like, you know, I've read a couple different things today about her being kind of problematic in terms of how she works on set and, like, screaming at people and being like, I don't give a damn about, like, you know, how this gets fit, how you finish this, it just has to get fit. Like, right. Not the greatest, you know, representative kind of thing. Right. Again, like, I don't know, it's still kind of speculative. So don't, you know, grain of salt, everything I'm saying. Absolutely. But, so there's like an argument to be made that she is sort of, I don't want to say the reason directly, but like part of why the VFX issues that Marvel has been having have been such issues, I guess. That's, yeah. I mean, she has to be involved. Sentence. It goes through yeah. her at the end. So she's seeing these passes no matter what happens. Yeah. When like everyone's saying you have VFX problems, you usually look to the head of VFX. Right. And be like, well, what's going on here? Well, that's her. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because one, she's been, she's been a part of the best looking Marvel movies too. Yeah. But those like, movies had weird, time. Yeah. Like, is that what it is? I mean. We weren't doing five a year. We were doing one every year, every two years, you know, Mar Iron Man one, Captain America one, maybe year sure. apart. I mean, it, it's it, like, I don't know why, but in my head, Iron Man one is still like the bellwether for VFX in the MCU in that like the Iron Man armor in that is, it's flawless. is fucking real. It's yeah. insane. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but it seems like it's just, yeah, like a scalability issue that was just like, you know, right. no good. Right. So I guess the question then is, why is she leaving? Right. Without speculating too much, which is, this is whole sure. thing is speculation, but. She was promoted to like head of VFX in 2021, which yes. I think we said, but like, so that was like a year and a half ago. Yes. President, you know, physical and post-production visual effects and animation production. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so like a year and a half ago, she is not long into this job. So it's like. It's not like she's been there for 20 years and she's just like, well, it's time to move on. Right. Like something's going on. Right. Is it directly related to the, like, I guess the question is, is she leaving of her own, like, free will or is she being forced out? And with Iger coming in so recently. Yeah. And like 2021 is about where those shows started to really fly off the handle. And start yeah. to get into production, and and that was all Chapek. Like, so we know that there was some funny business going on there. And um, I, I mean, does it, it the, really? The big question is: Does this spell trouble, or is this good for Marvel? And we won't know that. But it's yeah. like that's a massive position for someone who is very, very skilled and has been around for a long time at the studio to just depart. Well, <laughs> my question is: Is this like? So from her point of view, mm -hmm. was this a being forced out or a falling on the sword? Mm. Because literally all of the conversations that I've been reading today are, thank God 
the VFX have been so terrible at Marvel for the past couple years. Maybe now we'll actually get something good. It It's having this effect of changing people's perceptions of how VFX are handled at Marvel. Right. Which it's like, if you look at it from a PR point of view, if you need to convince the general public that the VFX that have been terrible are going to change, it doesn't get much better than this. It's definitely true. The 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 head of VFX leaving is like, oh, well, the VFX are going to change. Right. And one can only assume they're going to get better. Sure. So like, that's, that's my question. I'm like, is this her being for, is this Bob Iger coming in and going, what the fuck are you guys doing with Marvel? Why do we have so many shows? Why do they look so terrible? Mm-hmm. We have to fix this. Right. And this is a step of that, of Bob Iger coming in and course correcting. Mm-hmm. Or is this Victoria Alonso going, there's only one way that we're going to course correct in the way that this needs to, and that's if I resign. Oh, I see what you're saying. Hmm. It, like, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. And- like it's worth mentioning that Victoria Alonso was also a producer on Argentina 1985, mm-hmm. Oscar-nominated international feature from last uh, yeah week. Really good movie, yeah, from last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, really good movie. So it's like she's not just like staring at nothing now, right? And she's got a name. Her name is huge. Yeah, and like you know, someone has already said to James Gunn today, "Should we scoop up?" Yeah, Alonso, you know, he's probably like, uh, um, yeah, she's the reason why Guardians one was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's it's one of those. There's like m- multiple angles that this could be coming from. Um, and we don't know enough really to know for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I want to like set a, a Google alert for for like <laughs> Victoria, Alonso, Victoria Alonso just to see, you know, because there'll be like 20 you know, stories in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, and then in like a year, there'll be some small variety article that's like, has become like the head of VFX at neon or something like that. Right. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, oh snap. Okay. Yeah. It, like at this point, you're right. There's nothing we can really say about it other than it's coming at a really interesting time, which makes me think like you, this isn't just like a, Oh, I think I'm going to leave now. It's more yeah. of like a, Oh, this is strategic. Because all yeah. the articles are saying in the shadow of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's not bomb, but like lack of success in both the VFX yeah. department and the financial department, she's leaving. It's like people are connecting those two directly immediately, Yeah, whether it's true or not. So optically, it makes sense for that to have happened. Um, but just logically, I'm like, it doesn't make sense because that's not how those things really happen. Like, she had really yeah, nothing to do with yeah. that. Like, she probably was doing the best she could for that year. Yeah. It's interesting. It it's, really it's, is. It's a big change. It'll be interesting to see who fills that role. Yeah. Um, James Gunn. <laughs> James Gunn. He's just, he just starts cloning himself and there's just like... Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be Sean Gunn. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who fills it. Um, it'll be interesting to see... I don't even know what the next thing that's due to start shooting would be. <sighs> they would Marvel? like be affected by this. I mean, maybe there's VFX that will, I feel like the Marvels is a little too soon to like feel the fallout of this. Yeah. You know, fantastic four changes probably. that are happening are already fantastic Four, Yeah. Cause that's one that there is going to be huge. It has to be huge and it has to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's what's the other one there that I'm like? There's something for MCU specifically coming. Yeah, um, coming like maybe it's Daredevil, but that's a show that I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, Captain. I I feel like Captain America: New World Order. We'll see it definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that's a couple of years because that's probably that's May third, twenty twenty four. Oh my god! Um, so that's one year, like out? a year and a couple months out, and oh so god. I'm like, that's probably starting to lean into VFX right about now. I would hope so. Yeah, I it, mean, it may already be, but like, we may feel the yeah the, the change, change of that in uh, Captain America. It's true. It's true. God. Well, um, 
yeah, rather than just keep speculating on why uh, Victoria has exited yeah. MCU, we'll end it there. Uh, we will definitely keep you guys posted on exactly what's going on here because no doubt there'll be tons of stories in every podcast I listen yeah. to. We'll be covering it. So I'm very interested to see what people have to say <laughs> with more insider knowledge than we do being on completely on the outside. But yeah, so that'll uh, that'll do it for today's show, guys. Yeah. You want to bring it down to some uh, recommendations here, Josh? Yes, I absolutely do. You want to you want to <laughs> give us your totally not biased and uh, uh, specific? Uh, yeah, this just <laughs> came to me. I don't know theme. where this came from, but um, so one, rest in peace to Lance Reddick, uh, who passed away yeah. very suddenly from my perspective uh, a couple days ago of recording. Um, just an immense talent who I think didn't really get. Yeah. As much shine as he should have throughout his career, although he was on The Wire and Oz, and so, um, and of course, he was a part of the John Wick movies. And since John Wick Chapter Four is dropping this weekend, uh, and Lance is in that movie, I believe this is probably his final film. We're just gonna recommend our favorite John Wick film. We only have three to choose from, but that's enough that's true. to go off of. I am such a huge fan of these movies. I think that what Chad Stahelski has done is just taking a lot of action filmmakers to school basically and saying this is how you make a sure. good action movie and a good movie overall so yeah do you want to go first or do you want me to go first uh i mean i'll go first i feel like we've never had a recommendation prompt that was more likely for us to have the same movie but uh, facts you know i guess well i was gonna say i guess x percent but i'm like yeah that math might not be so easy for me to just do it right now <laughs> hashtag math pod like i want to say like a one in three chance but like it's not a one in three chance that will overlap it's true like, it's a yeah mm, i got you. Hash, hashtag bad po- math podcast um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go true blue like the og original john wick is incredible so good like it's one of those things that we, we've talked so many times that the world building in john wick is some of the best in the industry right now, literally. Um, but I, and like, it's so good at building that out, but I love just how contained the first one is of like, there is this world, but we don't know anything about it. And, you know, here's just a guy that we don't know anything about. That's just capable of pretty much anything that everyone Um, is afraid of that. Everyone is afraid of. It's such Um, a good premise. It's such a good premise, and Keanu is so perfect in it. it like, oh. I mean, we've we've gushed about the uh, the John Wick universe before, but yeah, I don't know. I it doesn't really see. I want to say it, but I'm like, it doesn't really get better than the first one. But I'm like, I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> well, and with John Wick, it's like the premise is just he's an assassin who's trying to leave the assassin world and literally can't he keeps getting dragged back in whether it's his dog getting killed or his car getting stolen or what have you he keeps getting dragged in and i love how at least the first two movies start with some mob boss being like you did what to whose car are you an idiot (laughs) we're all dead like they start saying prayers and stuff like it's so it's so good. And the fact that it's Keanu is just amazing. Um, I will say I was very tempted to almost recommend nobody. Oh yes. <laughs> because I 100% believe that's a John wick movie that like, we're going to get nobody too. And it's going to have the tie in. I, I, they're playing the long game. You heard it here first. It's John wick. It's nobody. It's ballerina. And then we have Bob Odenkirk, Keanu and Ana de Armas together kicking yeah. ass. Let's go. Fantastic. You're right. John wick one probably is the best one, but I'm going to recommend John Wick 3 Parabellum because this movie is kind of the culmination of what Chad has wanted to do. And I think John Wick 4 is an extension of that Mm -hmm. where he's doing, and I've heard him talk about this, where he loves classical music. He loves like very specific cinematographers and the way that they frame things and lighting and color. And this movie is just it. It's got Keanu on a horse. It's got Keanu in the desert. It's got Keanu on a motorcycle fighting people with swords. Um, It has Halle Berry with dogs. I mean, it's just like, it is it. And this is the movie where Lance Reddick, he he goes out there and he kicks ass right there with Keanu. uh, And it's so cool. And every movie they step it up to with, okay, the people coming after you now have more armor because they know how good you Mm -hmm. are. So now they have complete 
full body armor and he has to go up under the helmet to kill the it's like yeah they do things in this movie that are so unbelievable and like you said the lore creation of making this thing a reality that you believe in the continental hotel yeah it's just this is the best lore creation and lore building and world building i've seen ever maybe in the last yeah. well maybe last like 20 years um for something that they didn't know was going to work. Chad's like, we thought John Wick was just not going to work. Yeah. And now four movies later, it's like one of the well, most Well, and it popular. can also be a thing that like, <laughs> like has that like good movie vibe to it, but also can be a little like pop culture-y and yes. popcorn movie. And like, like the fact that they introduced Lawrence Fishburne in the second yes. one and everyone's like, it's Neo and Morbius. Like, Oh my God. Like that is completely intentional from the get go of like, yes. we're going to build this hype around this by casting Lawrence Fishburne. You know, like they're aware of the, it's cultural impact as they're making it. Yes. And that somehow almost makes it more impactful. Absolutely, because they're aware. They're not just throwing shit at the wall. They're like, we're going to make this yeah. something that we're proud of um, and that makes sense. So um, watch all the John Wick movies, even if you're not an action person. They're so impressive. They're so like specific and stylistic, and I just, they're good. They're, they're good great. movies. Yeah. So. All, all streaming on HBO Max. Yes, yes. Which <laughs> Binge those things now, and then go yes. see John Wick 4. You won't be disappointed. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um all right all right there we go well there we go let's bring it home we forgot to do this last week so we'll do it this week <laughs> josh uh where can people find you on the internet we did forget this last week uh but you can find me on the internet on twitter at josh fuller 33 fuller is spelled with no e you can also find me on both instagram and letterboxd at josh j fuller and where can people find you willis uh, you can find me on instagram on twitter and on letterboxd at willis film uh, and if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters. You can find us on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod. And you can find us on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where we have all of our recommendations. I you can, I feel like you can just put all three John Wick movies on there. Oh, yeah. They'll, yeah, I'll put them all. Because yeah, John of, Wick 2, also fantastic. Yeah. We recommend um, all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Counts. So yeah. Um, the John Wick quad, quadrility? Quadrilogy? Yeah quadrilogy yeah that works word series um <laughs> series yeah <laughs> franchise there you go uh yeah all right so that'll do it um see we only we only mentioned the oscars like two three times two three times you know and now four yeah. but yeah yeah <laughs> we're on the downslope exactly we're coming up into uh tentpole season so yes which is very important to I us i think we're only uh a few weeks away from some of the bigger things this year. We got Dungeons and Dragons coming real soon. Yeah. Which I'm very yeah. excited for. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess even John Wick 4 would be like kind of the. Yeah, we're getting after the it. kick of that. Yeah. End of March, moving right into the summer. It's like that's right when like Avengers hits and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> Super Mario Brothers, April 5th. You know what? I'm kind of looking forward to that movie. Every new thing, I kind of like. This looks actually pretty good. It kind of looks kind of great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, all right. There we go. That'll do it. Josh, you want to bring us out? Yes, I do. End of pod. <laughs>